It was like creativity showed up and was like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> this is Heart of the Story, and I'm needing Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. Congratulations, my friends. We are at 101 episodes, and it's all because of you, because you keep coming back week after week and listening and sharing it with your friends and posting about it and leaving reviews, and you have formed this amazing community that I'm delighted to speak with every week, and I'm just so full of gratitude for that. Because do you know that the average podcast that is started does not make it past 12 episodes? <laughs> nope. It's 12 episodes is the cutoff point for most podcasts. And I actually heard a number recently that it was even fewer, that it was nine episodes before people call it quits. And I can't imagine calling it quits after just those few episodes because you have made it so delightful to keep coming back. And while it takes effort to be consistent and to think of fun new topics that you might want to hear about, the podcast is one of the great delights of my week every week. So I am thrilled to be at 101 episodes. And today I wanted to talk with you about something really important that I did recently for the podcast and for myself. And I'm thinking of making it an annual tradition because it was so important. This is also something that I think all of us could really, really benefit from. So let's dive in to today's episode. Before the holidays, I was starting to feel really itchy. My mind was just so full of so many different things and I was needing focus and clarity. And if you listened to the last short mini episode, you'll know that while I had intended to do a million things during the three week holiday break, all of that was completely unrealistic. And then we also had canceled flights and a long drive home. So while a lot of industries like to push the end of the year, clearing out, new year, new you, January resolution thing, I don't know about you, but come the new year most times, I still feel the leftover remnants of the previous year. And in fact, most of the women that I've been speaking to lately, my friends, the women that I coach, all said the same thing. Like, you're coming back maybe from having visited family or you're cleaning up after having hosted family or some people have gone on trips and there are mountains of laundry. And so your early January might feel a lot more like, oh, piles of stuff to clean up and less like, oh, I feel free and carefree and ready to just take on the world. 
So that's how I was feeling, that by early January, I was still very cluttered in my mind, and I knew that there was only one thing that would help that, and I knew that it was time away by myself. And if you have listened to this podcast for even a second, you know what a proponent I am of retreats. But this was something different. I had all of these looming projects in my brain that I really was passionate about and wanted to give all of my energy and mental space to. But I felt like when I was looking at my calendar in early January, our son was still home for a holiday break and there were responsibilities and just all the housework around that I knew I wouldn't be able to have long focused hours of time to give to these projects. And there are just some projects and ideas and creative endeavors that I just can't do in an hour here and an hour there. I am the type of person that give me a clear day on the calendar with no interruptions and no multitasking. And I am just a focused uh, delight. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I can put all of my energy and effort into this one thing. But if you give me a day on the calendar that looks like, okay, you have a free hour here and then you have, you're doing that call and then another free hour here and then you're doing that thing. I'm all over the place in those in-between hours. I'm like, oh, well, I should do this and I should do that. And by the time I try to really focus and prioritize on which one, the hour is up. Jamie laughs at me because I used to say that I was a really awesome multitasker. This is a blatant lie. (laughs) He sees me fluttering around aimlessly with 75 million things in my mind, unable to focus. What we have realized in this house is that if I have a single task and open time on the calendar, I have a ton of endurance to focus on that thing until it is finished. That is my strong suit. Not multitasking, but one task, clear focus, got all my energy, I'll see it through till the end. So this was what was going on in my brain at the start of the year. Oh, I really want to record a few podcast episodes. I really want to and have to read through the last final draft of a book of mine that is coming out soon that I'll be announcing very, very soon. I had the final read through of the final proofread And I just had these things that couldn't be accomplished in little bits of time. So I said to Jamie, he knew this all along for about a month I'd been saying it, but I said to Jamie, you know how I've been talking about how I need to go away and just be clear? And he said, yes. And I said, I need to do that like tomorrow. (laughs) And he was like, I know, I know. And so we talked and I said that I needed about four or five days and that felt manageable and doable for us in our household. And I 
thought about where I could do this. And what helped narrow it down was that I tried to find something that was within two to three hour drive from here so that I wouldn't be spending my time away, my precious time away from Gio and Jamie, just driving. And that helped narrow down where I would go. And so as I talk about this workation, as my producer Michelle calls it, if you're thinking about going on one of these or doing one of these for yourself, that is the first thing to consider, which is how many days is reasonable for you to be away? How many days do you need and how many days works for you and your family? And when you go, how far away do you want to go so that you're not spending all of that precious time flying or driving somewhere? I also consider doing something in town, like just going to a hotel a mile or two away, but I really feared that I would give in and start going, oh yeah, I'll just pop over to Geo's karate class and oh, okay, well, I'll come have dinner with you guys. And, and I just knew that I needed distance in order to create a clear break so that I could focus on my work. But I also knew that if I spent seven or eight hours driving and I only had four days to get away, and if I spent two of those on the road, then that would just kind of defeat the purpose, okay? So the first rule of thumb is thinking about how far away you want to go and how many days you can spend. I found a place two and a half hours away that we had been to once, and it's called Fair Hope. It's in Alabama. It's on the bay. And the reason why I chose it was because one, I was already a bit familiar with it. So I knew that I wouldn't be spending all my time there just being surprised and trying to get acclimated and figuring out if I liked the place or if I didn't, if I felt safe as a woman traveling alone or not. And that's another rule to consider, which is maybe you might want to take your workation at a place that is slightly familiar to you so that when you get there, you're not spending too much of your time getting acclimated and you also don't feel like, oh, you know, well, I really want to be sightseeing while I'm here because this place is amazing. I don't want to be working. So there are strategic differences between a vacation and a workation that are really important to consider. So I knew, okay, we had already been there once I had checked out the kind of tourist attractions, I had the lay of the land of the area, and I wanted a place that was quaint, small town feeling, so that it wasn't overwhelming. To me, I just needed less, less of everything. So I didn't want to be navigating a big city. I also knew that I wanted to go into a B&B and... Fairhope is known for lots of cute, quaint B&Bs that are run by really incredible families or couples or people. And the last time that we were there, I had driven by the B&B that I ended up staying at. And it looked really nice. It was on the water. And I had even seen good reviews the last time that we went to the area of this B&B that I ended up staying at called Jubilee Suites. And so I thought, okay, well, 
The reason why I want to stay at a B&B is because one, I want at least one meal made for me. If I'm going on a workation, I don't want to spend my time, my hours cooking. I want as much as I can for some meals to be already prepped. This is really important. Food-wise, can you bring food? Will food be prepared for you? I also considered going to retreat centers nearby so that the food would already kind of be made. A lot of them have cafeterias. But because of my last-minute planning, I wasn't able to match up the time that I was going with some of the pre-existing retreats at some of the nearby retreat centers. So I knew I wanted to stay at a B&B so that breakfast was at least covered. The other thing that I knew was that as a woman traveling alone, I love traveling alone, but I also like for somebody to know that I'm there. I like to chat with the people that I'm staying with to just have like a friendly, cozy feeling so that it doesn't feel like I'm utterly alone floating around in the universe (laughs) and nobody is even aware of me. So I like the B&B environment for that reason or a retreat center for that reason. You get to do your own thing, but you are around other people if and when you want to be. So I chose Fairhope because the weather would still be fairly warm, small, quaint community, the B&B situation, and then I found a B&B that they have little suites. So you have a kitchenette and you have a couch and you have a separate bedroom because I knew I'd be spending a lot of time in there. And sometimes hotel rooms that just have like a bed and nightstand and a bathroom feel really claustrophobic and depressing to me if I'm going to be spending days on end there. So I wanted something that felt like a little mini apartment. Also, in order to think about saving money and think about saving time, I wanted to have a refrigerator and cooking capability so that I could just make some of my own lunches and dinners if need be. So all those things to think about for your workation. And before I left, Jamie lovingly packed a whole full cooler for me of snacks and little meals and things so that I was already set up a bit for the week. This is the other part of the workation that I know I am very fortunate for, which is having a supportive partner or family environment or community who will support your workation. And I know that this is not the case with everyone. When I told some of my friends and other women that I speak to that I was going away, it was kind of a last minute thing that Jamie would be managing the household, that he essentially packed me up to go. (laughs) They're like, so do you realize how good you have it? This brings up some, you know, deeply embedded gender stereotyping, which is really hard to overcome where we think of women as managing the households and the kids. And oftentimes in the past, we've thought of a man going out and doing a work trip and people not really thinking twice about that. 
But if a woman leaves to go on a work trip and her husband or partner is staying to take care of everything, it's like, oh my God. So I would love for there to be a day when it's not eyebrow raising that a man is staying home and taking care of the house and the children so that his wife can go do something. We all deserve to have an equally contributing partner that will support these efforts. And I yearn for that for everyone. And I know it's so hard and every situation is different. But if there's a way to communicate to your partner why this is necessary and why it's really, really meaningful to you and to the family, why it's beneficial to your partner and to your family, like that would be wonderful to communicate that. You know, Jamie has known for 17 years that we've been together, that this is me. And the first time I said I wanted to go away by myself, you know, there was a bit of an eyebrow raise, like, really? Why? You don't want me to come with you? (laughs) And I had to explain that it wasn't personal and that I had lived alone before I'd lived with him and that I had actually really cherished my solo time and needed And so he has gotten used to it over the years and has been so supportive because he sees what it does for me when I come back. So can you have a really important talk with your partner? And if it's hard to start with a few days, maybe just an overnight somewhere, just so that they can see what it can do for you. And there might be some exchange of, okay, if you can support me with this, I would be happy to support you in whatever way so that you can do the thing that you love and want to go do with your buddies or wherever. So the partner supporting, helping pack was amazing. And off I went. On the car ride there, I listened to a queue of podcasts that I couldn't wait to listen to. So before you leave for your flight or your drive, if there are podcasts or songs that you've been wanting to listen to, cue that up ahead of time. It just takes five minutes or make a playlist that takes 10 minutes so that from the moment you leave your house, it's suddenly your time. What do you want to listen to? What do you want to hear? What will feel inspiring? I believe I listened to We Can Do Hard Things because that's always inspiring. And it just kind of geared me up for what I wanted to do. And on the ride, I was really thinking about, okay, how am I going to use this time? So I started to create a plan. I had like a loose plan, but I got more specific. All right, I want to record at least three podcast episodes. On the second day of my trip, I want to read through my whole final proof of my manuscript. Okay, and so I made plans for myself. When I arrived there, it was an afternoon, and I got to meet the owners of the B&B, 
And that just felt so great because right away it did feel very homey. They knew what I was doing there. They knew they were going to check in, see how I was doing. And what I loved about Jubilee Suites is that the owners, Dana and Jim, were so incredibly kind and right away felt like a long lost aunt and uncle. And it just felt like I was staying in someone's home, but in someone's home who would respect my need for solo time. And the B&B is right on the bay. And so you get these incredible sunsets and they have a ton of pelicans diving. They were so sweet that I had signed up for one room, but they upgraded me to a different room so that I could have a view of the water. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Yes, please. Thank you. (laughs) It was so kind of them. And they gave me the lay of the land. And the very first thing I did, and I knew I was going to do, was that I put my bags down and then I headed right into town to go to the coffee shop and bookstore. When I want alone time, the happiest I can be is if I either go for a walk in the new place or if I go to that town's bookstore and best coffee shop. I just immediately feel at home. I feel inspired. I feel cozy. That's where I wanted to go. I knew that it closed at five or six, and so I had like an hour and a half to get in there. And so I went to the Page and Palette bookstore in downtown Fairhope, And it's adorable. It's one of those places that has like the owner's dog hangs out by the cash register and there's an attached coffee shop and event space for book readings. And you just heard the attendants at the cash register chatting and it just felt like I was dropped in the middle of some family affair where everybody knows each other's names. And that makes me feel less alone. And so I hunted around for a book that I could maybe read. And I ended up picking up Hunt Gather Parent. I just wanted something that wasn't too heavy, but that was inspiring and that I could read at night before I went to bed. So one of the things you can ask yourself for your workation is... Do you want to do something inspiring before you start diving headfirst into the work? And what is that? For me, I wanted to go to the bookstore and coffee shop, and then I wanted to get takeout from a restaurant there that had food that was kind of local to the area or different or new, something I hadn't experienced. I like to experience a relatively new place with my eyes and with my stomach. (laughs) I want to walk and see, and then I want to eat the things. (laughs) The foodie in me was like, hmm, I was scanning menus, and I made sure to go early enough. I I think I popped into the restaurant at 5 o'clock, and I ended up going to a place called Pearl and eating their blue crab rice. Yes, their blue crab rice. It was like fried rice with crab woven in and like a fried egg on top. It was delightful. It sounds odd. It was yummy, yummy. So I brought it back to the B&B and it was 530. I was in my PJs. I was on the couch with no TV and the plate 
on my lap, eating little bits and savoring it, and then ready to just dive into book reading land before I fell asleep. And it was wonderful. Because the other thing that is necessary for me in order to really get clear and focused is silence. So because I am in a household where Jamie and Gio are typically making lots of noise, which is my favorite thing, Jamie is always playing music and he's cooking and Gio is just being a nine-year-old boy, there's just noise. There is never a moment of quiet. We also have two boy dogs and they wrestle with each other. They're brothers. And so it's noisy in our house all the time. And I'm an introvert who likes silence. <laughs> Jamie always laughs because I'm always saying to turn down the volume. I'm like, can you turn that down, please? And I, I have an auditory thing where if I'm talking, I cannot have any device on in the background. I can't have a song playing or the TV on while I'm talking because my brain cannot listen and speak at the same time. It's a real thing. My mom has it too. I don't know what it is. Maybe one of you can write in and tell me what issue I have, but it's a real thing. And so whenever the music is on or the TV's on in the background and I'm trying to have an important conversation with someone, I'll always have to say, can you mute that? Can you pause that? So I knew that I wanted silence. So for your workation, what is your ideal environment? Do you want noise? You Are you just relishing like, oh, I can't wait to watch my shows and listen to my music or I can't wait to have total silence? What do you want? This is your time. That's also the beauty of this solo time away is just remembering yourself, having a relationship with yourself. We put all of our time and energy into our relationships with other people and then we wonder why we feel so empty and so distant from ourselves. We don't put a tenth of the time that we put into other relationships into the relationship with ourselves. So I wanted to be reunited with her. I missed her. I wanted to remember who she was and what she likes on her own without any compromises. What do I like? Quiet. (laughs) Early PJ time. Lounging on the couch, reading a book in silence. So that's what I did. And I knew come the next day that it would be early to rise and right into work. So I was kind of relishing in a little bit of a break and some rest before I did that. The very next day, I jogged around in the morning to just get my energy flowing. And then I had a wonderful omelet cooked by Jim at Jubilee. And we just got to talking and it was just great to converse with another human before I dove into a day of solo work. This is important for you to know as well. How much conversing with other people do you need to feel okay during your workation? Who do you need to talk to and can you make sure that that's kind of set up in your plans? So I knew I would want to talk to people maybe at the beginning and end of my day, but otherwise I'd want to be alone. After that, I took my computer and I went to the most adorable coffee shop in town called Provision. And it is an awesome like market 
coffee shop. They also have a wine bar. They have coffee mugs and things for sale. I mean, it's adorable. And so I went there first and did some journaling that I wanted to do that kind of get clear stuff. What what did I take from 2022? What were the highs? What were the lows? What do I want more of in 2023? What do I want less of? I did that journaling first to get in touch with my head and my heart before I knew I was going to dive into the work. And when I do this again, I like I treat myself when I'm on these workations. I know it doesn't sound like much, but I was like, oh, I want a really frothy chai latte and a nice ceramic mug. (laughs) And I want chicken tortilla soup that's just steaming and wonderful. And so I ordered lunch for myself and my chai latte and I journaled and the sun was coming in through the windows and it was just like such a treat. I was delighting in all of these smells. I was delighting in the comfort of warmth. I was delighting in treating myself to a little date with myself in my journal and it felt really heavenly. And then I went back to the B&B in order to record a bunch of podcasts. And it was one of those things where I often don't have time to batch work. Like I oftentimes record one podcast a week, but Michelle and I, my producer and I know that it's always great starting the year off with episodes in the queue so that we're not hustling all the time frantically the tail wagging the dog we never want to feel like that with our work and with our passion projects and so it's like how can we have a good fresh start to the year well let's have lots of episodes ready to go so we don't feel like we're frantic and in scarcity mode as we start the year I just sat down. I had my glass of water. I had had my lunch, so I felt ready to go. And I sat with my microphone for three hours and boom, 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 just recorded the things that I wanted to record that felt good in my heart uh, that I had written down some notes about and had been thinking about for a while. And I just did it. And I found that actually... Being able to do multiple in a row gave great momentum. It was like once I did one and the microphone was there and I had my notes and I was already in the zone, I didn't have to re-motivate myself. It was like, I'm here. Let's keep going. I have energy. Let's do more, more, and, and just keep going. And then once I hit three episodes, then I felt like, okay, now I need a break and now I'm good. So how can you let momentum dictate what you do? Maybe you batch some things where you do multiple of things. Like I have friends who have businesses and they batch their newsletters. So they write like five or six newsletters, one for every month coming up. And so they have five ready to go and then they schedule them. What can you batch maybe so that the momentum is there and you're, you're just coasting almost. You're kind of riding the waves of energy. So that night, I think I ended up just getting like a little takeout thing from Provision in order to have dinner back at the B&B. But again, it was 
in my PJs pretty early on the couch. And then I ended up having some really good heart-to-heart important conversations with my mom and my sister and my friend Cheryl during my workation. And I know that it's because that when I'm at home, I'm talking for maybe 15 minutes and then it's like, oh, gotta go. We're about to eat dinner. Oh, gotta go. I have to go pick up Gio from school. Oh, gotta go have this call. And oh, I have all the time in the world. I have all the time. Take all the time. I ended up talking to my sister for like two and a half hours, talked to my mom for an hour and a half. All of this time, it it just felt abundant. There was no rush. There was no capping during a couple of really important conversations. And that felt good. The next day when I was doing work, I did have to like go, okay, now I'm back into work mode. So I did have to turn my do not disturb on during the day. But at night, it just felt like open time. So maybe you're also saving some of your solo time for important conversations you want to have with dear friends, where maybe usually you're tied up in work or life or family or whatever responsibilities, and you don't have the luxury of time. And you can say to that person in advance, hey, I'm going to be on a solo trip. And I, I have like two hours I can talk to you. Do you want to pencil me in? We can go there. We can have that in-depth conversation. We can really, really catch up. So these trips are multi-purpose and I felt deeply connected to my friend Cheryl, to my sister, to my mom after the conversations that we had. The following day, there was a story I'd been wanting to write for a really, really long time. I had been noodling it in my head and again, it was just kind of that I hadn't had focused time. I needed just a stretch of open time for it to take as long as it needed to take. And it's almost like your creativity knows that. It's like, okay, I'll show up for you when you actually have time for me. Don't give me your your crumbs of time. I want your real time. And that's how it felt. Because when I sat down at that computer the next morning and said, all right, I'm ready to write this. And I've got all morning, I've got all day if I need it, but I'm planning on a few hours this morning. Let's see how it goes. It was like creativity showed up and was like, yes, let's do it. (laughs) And it flowed. Doesn't mean that it was perfect on first draft. No way, never is. It's always better in revision. Doesn't mean I didn't need to go for a walk around the block and figure out my edits. No, it it was like any other writing process, but it flowed more because I gave it the time it needed. So I wrote a little and went for a walk. I always do this. I take my stories for a walk and I just figured out, okay, now I want to change that sentence, want to change that word. Okay. And then I would go back and then do a few more and then step away, give it a little time. And then I was like, I'm not messing around here. Send, send, no overthinking it. No, no, send, done. (laughs) And that felt 
good because sometimes I can think about a story, then weeks go by, and then I write a little bit, and then weeks go by, and then I might come back and revise it, and then weeks go by, and then it takes me time to gear up the bravery to actually send it, and then I overthink, and it's like, my goodness, if I could just get it done in a morning or in a day, oh, <laughs> it's so much better. And so that's what I did. So what is the thing that has been nagging at you that you've been procrastinating on? What is the thing that if you show up for it, it will show up for you? What is that thing? That's what can be done during your workation. And then along the way, I found that it was just wonderful to interrupt my normal routine. I climbed new hills that I don't normally climb. I went to a new fitness center that I would normally go to and did a Pilates class. I haven't been to Pilates in years. It was like normally my daily exercise in the morning is either a jog or I go to the yoga studio near my house. And so it's like I got to try different things. I got to have a different schedule than I usually have. It, it wasn't dictated by school pickup or drop off. I got to see people and see things I wouldn't normally see. And what it does, it kind of gets you out of the water that you're used to swimming in so that you can kind of step out of the fishbowl and go, how have I been living my life? And how have other people been living their lives? And do I like that I do this on a daily basis? Do I like this routine? Do I want to shake things up? What do other people do? Can I get some inspiration from them? It definitely made me realize that I had been getting a little loose with my phone boundaries and that I'd been on my phone too much. And just being in a new environment was like, oh, you know what? When I go back home, I'd like to really like just put the phone away by 5 p.m. Don't even look at it for the rest of the evening, which if it sounds easy enough, but so much is on the phone and your loved ones are texting and calling on the phone. So sometimes it feels hard to have it be away. But I was like, I, I need to be stronger about those boundaries. It gave me clarity on life things while I was there. The other thing that it did is that it gave me some really good sleep. Really good sleep. Never underestimate the power of good sleep. So we had just come off of two weeks with family, which was wonderful, but that meant we were not sleeping in our own beds during the holidays. And because of our canceled flights, we were in hotels on the way back. And it was like, I felt like I had not gotten a good night's sleep in quite a while. And I just wanted to sleep uninterrupted and as late as I wanted, as late as my body needed. When did my body need to wake up? And so a couple of the days that I was there, I did not set an alarm. It was like my body will wake up when it needs to wake up. And just that sleep reset alone is huge. I mean, the reason why I had half the energy I had while I was there was because I slept. I slept, I slept, which was so nice. So at night, you could hear the water, the tide from the bay. 
and it was a full moon and the tide was so strong. And so I would open up my slider at night and just be sitting on the couch reading and listening to the waves coming in and out and that would start getting me relaxed so by the time I was ready to fall asleep it was like it's like I'd been listening to a noise machine for hours it was so incredible and so I slept really well and that is reason alone to go and have solo time so the final thing that happened was that I really got to know some new people. I got to know the owners of the B&B, Dana and Jim, as I mentioned before. The last couple mornings, I got to sit down and really like talk to them over breakfast and hear their stories and their travels and why they moved to Fairhope. And it was wonderful to just meet new people and connect with them. And they had all the time in the world and they were so sweet. And also, time away helps you miss your people. So as I was talking to Dana and Jim, it was just so apparent, like, how gushy I am about Jamie and Gio. And of course, I was missing them. And the quiet was great. And then at four days, I was like, yep, it's too quiet now. I need to be back. (laughs) And so it helped me realize all these little things that happen during the day that I love and cherish so much. And it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes when we're in it, not that we take it for granted, but we don't see the magic in every single moment the way we do when we're away and we don't have those things at the ready. And so it was making me miss my boys and I couldn't wait to get home to them And I drove home and was so delighted to walk in the door and see them. So if you are thinking of a workation, I highly, highly recommend it. And I'm going to make this a standing tradition for every January after the holidays to have something scheduled like this for myself and by myself and with myself. So I hope that this has inspired you to take a workation of sorts, or if you're in need of a retreat for yourself and your creativity, I have one coming up in Florida in February, one in California in April, and one in Wisconsin in June. And they're all almost fully booked. (laughs) So you can check those out on my website, needingkennyjohnstone.com. I can't wait for you to hear the guests that we're going to have on. Oh my gosh, in the upcoming weeks and months, amazing, amazing women on this show and lots of exciting news to share with you. So thank you for tuning in week after week. Thank you to my producer, Michelle Rado, for all you do to make this podcast wonderful. Remember everyone, every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week. Thank you.